When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to throw! Hello, welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. My name is Charles. Thank you very much for pressing play in your podcast app of choice. Don't forget to hit the subscribe or the follow button depending on which app you're in and that will mean that you'll never miss an episode and it will basically be there straight away for you every single time we release another podcast. With me today is my good friend Danny Brothers live from his garden by the sounds of it. How are you Danny? <laughs> so do you want to close the window? <laughs> no you don't need to at all. It's lovely hearing the bird song. You might hear the cockerel in a minute if you're lucky. Get it out. I'll get, I'll get it out. <laughs> Bit of midweek. That's the, the cock not the cock. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Um, <laughs> how is Bristol? Sunny? No, it's it's drenched today. We've got, yeah, it was one of those days where it chose to chuck it down just as school run was starting, as it always does. Um, and it's just not stopped since it, yeah, it's ah. starting to a little bit, but yeah. Well, let me, uh, oh. let me just say straight away, this is going to be as a positive a pod as we can fathom mm. okay well this Just, could be the last one we're officially in league one goodness. It's, 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 
I said positive. <laughs> Sorry. It won't be the last <laughs> one. No. Uh, well, no. Well, no. Officially, it won't be. We've still got well, yeah, yeah, James to go. So there's still one more preview show of the season left to go. <sighs> Um, it's, uh, you know, going to be, going to be a good one. We're going to make these last two really, really good. Obviously, uh, this one today is, uh, with Blackpool and we've got a Blackpool fan from the Seasiders pod coming up in a little bit. And then next week it's, uh, final day drama with, uh, Sunderland away. Oh, it's almost like we could have predicted what was going to happen, isn't it, Danny, at the start of the season? Um, it is. Yeah, we, we were sat there at the start of the season and when we started knowing it was going to be a relegation fight, we thought, please don't go to Sunderland away. And now we're sitting here going, please go to Sunderland away. And it has to. You know? <laughs> we're like, please, come yeah. on, give us Sunderland away at least. Let us go uh, to the last, let's drag it out to the last day, please. You just want it to be competitive, don't you, that last game yeah. and not be a dead rubber for us anyway. I know Sunderland will probably have something to play for regardless, won't they? But Well, uh, I don't know. It looks there. What they they're five points clear of seventh place, so I think they could tie up a playoff place on Saturday. So hopefully they do that, and then they can sit back, play the kids, which probably won't be much help to us anyway. But we'll be, it might you be a say, little bit better. You say that though, but won't they want to finish third? Well, that's to it. Get a, a supposed better yeah, tie in the semi-final. Potentially, yeah, I mean that was the whole thing with Leeds as well, wasn't it? When we went down up there, that we thought, oh, you know, maybe they'd already I think secured the playoff place, and they were just showboating a little bit and they still hammered us and sent us down yeah but anyway let's hope it gets there to that point we'll worry about that next week (laughs) yeah we'll worry about that next week and a whole week before we have to worry about that um very quickly danny last night's uh lack of cobblers action didn't mean that eyes weren't on league one as afc hosted rochdale um in in what seems to have been the game of the season. Oh, it's a ding-dong. Absolute ding-dong. Absolute ding-dong. I mean, it didn't do our heart rates any good, did it? But <laughs> I'm sure it didn't. For that, because that was the 96th minute they equalised, and that's probably going to be the goal that keeps them up, I assume. Well, um, you would imagine, wouldn't you? Like, I mean, They've pretty was, much done enough now, haven't they? Based on it was one difference. of those, wasn't it? I, was ne- I wasn't really sure at the start of the game who you really wanted to win out of those two. I, I know that we, I think we settled on it being, we'd rather have Rochdale win just to keep Wimbledon no, in I, the relegation nah, battle. I wanted Wimbledon no? to win it. No, I, I, I wanted Rochdale just to stay below us because then it was really unlikely we were going to catch Wimbledon, I think anyway. Um, they've got what, one point, they're gonna, like, well, there's no way we're overturning that goal difference. So it, I, th- I, I was of the thinking of, we might as well have Wimbledon win it, get them out of the way, stay above Rochdale and it's between us and Wigan and take it to like that. Cause you know, it's Rochdale and now another team above us, another team that we've got to hope lose a game or draw a game and we win. And it, it just adds to the mathematical conundrum conundrum of it all. Yeah. That's a good mm, one. Love a, yeah. love a Counter, conundrum. countdown fans will be happy. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at this league tower. I'm sure I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. But so I'm looking at the league table on Google, and obviously it has the last column is the last five. So it's, <laughs> it's the form of all the teams, yeah. and literally, so whole city's form is four greens and a grey. The grey is a draw, um, and you basically go all the way through down the table. Next one that stands out is well, you've got Link, both Lincoln and Oxford who have four greens and a red. 
in their last five. And then you just keep going. There's lots of like mix mash, mishmash of, uh, you know, different ones. And then you get down to 19th place and you've got Wimbledon who have got three tick, three green ticks and two draws. Wigan Athletic who've got four ticks and a draw. And then you've got Rochdale with three wins and two draws. And then you've got us with two draws, one win and two defeats. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. That's what keeps them up. And you probably at the end of the day, we won't be able to argue with it because you know, we look and worry about other people's results. We have done since what about a month ago now. And every time I'm thinking, oh, okay, they're fair play to them. They've got out of it. We like our relegation isn't going to be down to anyone else. It's going to be down to us not being good enough. If that happens. Um, Very true. Um, I think Wimbledon, when we played them, looked pretty strong and looked like they were on an upward momentum. I was going to say upward curve them. That you know, we don't want to go back to curves again. Nope. No, nope, don't do that. Curves um, are Wigan, in the past. I mean, Wigan. I thought they were up, they were up and down, and they were they could be down enough to to slump, but they've just picked themselves. I mean, even Rochdale, they were dead and buried a few weeks ago, and now they've given themselves a little bit of a chance. And you know, we've just fluttered in between and won the odd game here and there, and it's just not been enough. And a lot of it is probably down to the first half of the season, but it's as a collective, it's not been consistent enough to to um, to keep us in with a chance probably but we'll see do you know the very worst thing I've, I've literally I've done the maths and it is still mathematically possible for us to finish bottom as unlikely <laughs> as it might be with the form of Bristol Rovers and Swindon it is still mathematically possible at this point um, uh, this is supposed to be a positive pod, Charles. Come on. I know, I know. I'm just saying that. Um, but before we before we hear from our Blackpool fan, and, and we'll we'll bring him in, in a second. There was one of the cobblers related rumor, not oh, yeah. news rumor that I've seen. Um, it looks like Scott Pollock might be off, or at least that's what I've seen on the social media rounds. Um, it would seem that maybe a source close to the youth team or, or some of the, the academy graduates uh, is basically suggesting that he is going to be elsewhere. I think it was even that he was training potentially at Sunderland at the moment. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I mean, mine is essentially what the hell is he doing training with another club when he's not been training with us all season because he's injured. Yeah. But, you know, by the by. Sounds like agent talk to me at this time of the season because he's, well, he's not even played for a year, has he? No. So... I don't understand where suddenly, if you're saying it's Sunderland, a team like Sunderland would then be, oh, you know, we, we've seen enough of you <laughs> before that. Because it's not played that much even before that, has he? And it feels His like a lot of... His last appearance was what? That... Oh, no. no sorry, I, I'm missing out a whole season. Last season, to yeah. be fair. I, I was going to say the whole the last appearance was that 5-2 win against Oldham on the last day of the uh, 2019 yeah, twenty eighteen nineteen season, which obviously is missing a season now. Yeah, it just seems to be a lot of lot of agent talk. It's similar with Chuck Wamika a little bit. That um, <laughs> is, it, is your, it agent talk or is it fan talk? I don't people? know. I think it's probably a. I don't know. Probably a mix of both, maybe. But it it feels like a lot blown up into proportion, like proportions that it's not needed to be. Like the Chuck Wamika comment you were talking about that I made on the pod on Sunday that you that you're talking about that I didn't rate him that much. The the context of that was 
actually that it's not that I don't rate him. It was just the, in response to someone sharing on our Slack channel that Spurs were interested in him or something. And I'm like, what that it just doesn't make sense. And it's like, where do people get these things from? Stop and, defending yourself, Danny. Yeah, so there's no. And I wasn't there. I was, I was sat there in my car shouting back at the pot. I, was, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> but, um, a Chuck Rebecca blog writer. That's what you are. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, no, it's one of those until it happens, it it's no news, I don't think. Yeah. I, I said we keep it positive, and uh, we will do. Uh, Sean McWilliams looks set to stay um, for another season. Looks like there's an extension, a one-year extension that will be triggered. Um, yeah. John Brady has basically come out and said that he will be here next season. And obviously, that begs the question, where's John Brady going to be if he knows that so well? Hmm. He is. Um, from, from what I've thought it would be it was a case of McWilliams getting fit and proving himself this season because he wasn't fit at the start was he um how Brady knows that he might be stuck something in his contract that he knows it's there and he knows it's definitely going to happen um he may well have given like a pre-agreement or something already I don't know but uh, I don't know <laughs> don't, don't talk about pre-agreements not after Vidane uh, <laughs> let's let's leave no, that there leave, yeah put that down Lovely. I'm not right, ready to well, talk about next season yet. <laughs> okay, that's that's fine. Well, let's keep it on this season then. There are two games left to play, um, starting with our final home game of the season, which is on Saturday at 3pm. Uh, it is against uh, Blackpool FC. And joining Danny and I from the Seasiders podcast is Mr. Tim Fielding. How are you, Tim? Are you well? Yes, very well, thank you. Still basking in the glory of our win up at the Stadium of Light last night. So uh, um, we managed to do the double over Sunderland. It's a fantastic result. And uh, I understand from the chat that we were having before we pressed record uh, that you were very impressed with your goalkeeper um, in not just the game last night, but the whole season. Yeah, um, he came in uh, during the course of last season. Um, he, as you probably know, we um, have a bit of a rivalry with Preston and he'd previously been at Preston. So it's always going to take any player who comes from there a little time to sort of win the fans over. Um, but to say he's he's cemented his place in the squad and um, proved all doubters wrong is, is, is an understatement. He's now our captain. And, and probably one of the best keepers that we've had. He's in the top, the way he's playing in the top three or four that most of us have ever seen in, in the time that we've been supporting the club. So uh, I can't praise him any higher than that. Fabulous. Now, Danny, I want to take you back to the start of this season, if I may. Oh, happy times. Um, yeah, happy times. <laughs> Just before the season started, we released our very own preview. <laughs> Uh, of the League One season, and uh, we gave like our, our tips for you know who was going to win the league and who was going to get promoted, and one of those things was a, a bit of a dark horse that we went for. Now, I seem to remember going for Blackpool, and um, about five or ten games into the season, you were all laughing at me. We were, we're laughing. Yeah, probably longer than that, actually. <laughs> yeah, probably longer than that. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Uh, well, you are, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope you're not still laughing on Saturday. <laughs> no, that is very the true. point that we got relegated. I was right. Um, <laughs> that it was might probably be the this... only thing that will keep me going. Yeah, <laughs> probably the same pod when Neil predicted that we were going to win the league as well. 
It probably was actually thinking about it. <laughs> Tim, what what happened? What why did you have such a slow start to the season? Is there anything that you can put your finger on? I think uh, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery to us, to be honest, because we'd actually played quite well pre-season. We'd um, we'd played a quite an expansive game against Liverpool, and um, uh, we had uh, we had some uh, de- uh, game against Everton. We played quite well in 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 those games and played Stoke in the cup. We went out, but we played well. And I think I think to a certain degree, it's a little bit maybe of naivety. We'd, we'd had a massive squad turnover in the summer. Um, probably uh, unprecedented from our our point of view. So I think it was a combination of managerial. Um, uh, you know, obviously Critchley's come in. He's come from under twenty three football at Liverpool, um, very highly rated, but he's never managed a team before, and he had only joined us just before the season got suspended um, last year. So we'd only had a few games um, towards the end of last season with him in situ. And we were sort of all over the place at the beginning of the season. We, you know, I think you alluded to our bad start. I think we only won one in the first sort of seven or eight games and we're either bottom or second to bottom. And we we were staring at the wrong end of the table because I think we all thought we were going to have a good season. Uh, and then slowly um, we brought Colin Calderwood in who, who um, uh, on the defensive side has worked wonders, I think. And, um, uh, and we also sort of brought in what's now the spine of the team with Kenny Dougal from uh, Barnsley, um, le- late, a bit later on, Kevin Stewart from Hull. And uh, we've also recruited some great centre-backs. Dan Ballard is on loan from uh, Arsenal, who's Northern Ireland international. And uh, although he's injured at the moment, a chap called um, Gret- Daniel Gretison, who's uh, Icelandic, the Viking, as we call him. And... Um, and if you look at our look at your table, you'll see that our goals against column is is the second best in the league. And we started to climb the league when we stopped giving away silly goals, which we were doing very much at the start of the season. And that's been a feature of our uh, of the rest of the season. I mean, if you exclude those sort of seven or eight games, we are effectively the best team in the league. Um, uh, Hull's perhaps slightly catches up now, but if you did a Last ten, last fifteen, last twenty, even thirty games, we Blackpool were top. So uh, we just wish we could have written off that first seven or eight games and um, uh, and started perhaps uh, towards the middle of October. And um, I think your um, prediction would have been uh, an exceptional one if that had been the case. I, I mean, you mentioned um, there that there was quite a high turnover uh, of playing staff uh, at the club over the summer. That's obviously down in part to your, I don't know whether we can still call him a new manager. Uh, He's been in the job for a while now, but Neil Critchley, who was, um, well, he was Liverpool under 23s coach beforehand or under 21s? Yes, no under 23s. If you remember, do you remember Liverpool went to play in the, was it in the World Club Club Championship and they they still had to play a League Cup game? He actually took charge for that and um and uh, did did quite well. I can't remember they were playing now. Is it Swansea? Um I think was it Villa? I can't remember. Yeah, you might be. I think there was two actually. <clears throat> I think there was two. There was one they won and one they didn't. Um but uh, yeah so uh Critch only came in um sort of February last year and then of course lockdown in March. So I think um he, he got literally two or three games under his belt and then season suspended. 
Um, so he, he was still very much um, new to the job uh, uh, when we start the season in September. And uh, literally, um, it was like a revolving door at, at, at uh, Bloomfield Road all the way through the summer. Uh, there was a lot of players went out uh, either permanently or on loan. Um, and effectively, we started with a new squad. Um, uh, the very, very few players left from um, you know the beginning of the following, the beginning of the previous season. So it, it's it's a lot, sort of a little bit of a player revolution in that Critchley came in, and obviously we've got the new uh, new owner Simon Sadler, and he wanted uh, the team to play a certain way, and and the, the legacy from. Uh, the previous owner and also the way that Simon Grayson likes to play his football uh, was um, somewhat at odds with the approach that the new uh, the new regime wanted to take. So that sort of dictated a lot of players going out and a lot of players coming in. So Armin Nangele, who you might remember, you know, he was a, a, a um, top scorer uh, and uh, Feeney, who provided all the service for him last season. Uh, he was one of the top assist um, players in the, in the whole of Europe because um, we were very one-dimensional then. It was get the ball out to Fee and he crossed the ball and Nangele will will hopefully score. Uh, but it was quite easy to negate and uh, not necessarily that pretty on the eye. So uh, they all go and, and we're effectively starting from scratch. So a lot of players to bed in. They had to find the feet. And you've got a manager finding his feet as well. So it's not perhaps surprising when you put all that into the mix that we had a, a rather shaky start. Yeah, I was reading a, a rather interesting article in in the Athletic today, um, which was about EFL clubs. Rep- I mean, this is the the tweet that was put out that, that I found it through. Um, it was Dominic Fafield who put Are EFL clubs replicating the German model? Why is a new wave of coaches fresh from academies flourishing in the lower divisions? And, it, and it's one of the things that actually connects the two football clubs, Blackpool and the Cobblers at the moment, because although Neil Critchley came from a different club's academy setup or youth setup, however you want to put it, um, he did come in as a as a new manager and not the usual kind of face that's on the merry-go-round already. And then you've got our current, I suppose he's still technically caretaker manager, John Brady, who was... Uh, up until January, our academy boss or under-18s manager. I I mean, the interesting thing for me was that, first of all, at the time when he took charge, so we're going back just over a year now, Tim, what was your impression or, or thoughts on that initially, of it being essentially an unknown managerial name? Um, I think I think the, the Blackpool fans' view generally was it, it was a very positive one. I think they saw it as a new approach. We'd we'd had um, we'd been watching um, Sam Grayson's style of football, which, as I said before, wasn't particularly pleasing on the eye. Uh, it was grinding out results. It was playing a very sort of prosaic type of football that was just get it get it to one man and get it to another, and and almost bypassing sometimes the midfield. Um, and I think we saw this as a, a, a sort of new era. And uh, I think, obviously, we've not been, other than the first couple of games, we've not been there to actually support him um, in the uh, in the flesh, so to speak. But uh, there's a lot of goodwill towards um, 
uh, to Critchley and, and the approach that Sam and Sadler wants to take. Uh, and we, I think we sort of see it as a long-term project rather than expecting instantaneous results. But we weren't equally, we weren't expecting to be second bottom of the league um, uh, after seven or eight games. I think we, you know, we, we were having seen what we'd seen pre-season, we were, we were quite positive. The interesting thing is um, when the players have spoken about the impact of of, of the, uh, the Critchley uh, coaching techniques and regime, um, they, they talk about um, being told things that they, you know, are new to them um, uh, and have caused them to completely reevaluate their approach to to games. So I think on a, on, the, on the technical side, uh, Neil is 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 exceptional. He's obviously worked with some very good players and very good managers. Um, and and um, but what what probably was just missing at the beginning of the season, and we got we got turned over a couple of times just by somebody you know managers using League One now, some playing on uh, what they could clearly see was was at the time our weaknesses, um, which uh, in the in particular was the spine right down the middle. We were we we were we were quite weak from the centre backs through to the central midfield players and. And we got we got we got turned over, particularly by Gillingham, um, who who really did did one on us when we went down down there to Priestfields um, in, in, during the early part of the season. Um, but as the season's gone on, we're we're learning, and uh, we're not we're, as I'll go on to talk about when we talk about uh, our game. Uh, um, the, the, the there's been a rather strange phenomenon in this season for Blackpool in that when we're playing the better sides, we are. are Win ratio is excellent. I mean, so the likes of Hull, the likes of Sunderland, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Oxford, um, our, our record against them is superb. You then look at when we when we play against uh, no disrespect teams at the other end of the division, and our record starts to look decidedly more um, uh, decidedly more suspect. So um, you know, obviously, if you look just behind the Sunderland fixture. We've got um, you know two games that on the on paper at least you'd have expected us to win quite easily against um, Shrewsbury, who's sort of already in the summer flip flops, waiting to go on the beach, and um, and and Rochdale, uh, and we've been beaten in both games. So um, there is there is definitely, um, and I think you can potentially see this as a positive for Saturday. Um, there's definitely an issue um, in that Blackpool, perhaps at the moment, haven't quite worked out. How to break down teams who play a certain way, uh, and and who are scrapping for results. Um, they play the Sunderlands and the Peterboroughs and the Hulls. They're playing a slightly more expansive game, and they're and they're a lot better able to cope with that and to and to go toe to toe with them. So um, uh, yeah, it, it, so it's been it's, it's been really really strange, and also our which isn't quite good. So I've given you the good bit. The bad bit is actually our waveform is excellent. Um, We've um, we, we've generally done a lot better away from home than we have at home for some because obviously there's no fans in there. So on the face of it, there's no um, uh, rhyme or reason behind that, other than perhaps it's just the psycholo- psychology of playing at home and being expected to play certain ways against the way that you might play when you go and visit a team. So um, uh, they are somewhat of a, an enigma this season. Are uh, my team? You don't seem to have come from behind to win either that much. Is that play into? No, it no as I well, think that's a fair. Po- I mean, to be honest, we don't score that many goals anyway. Yeah. I mean, where we tend to, um, uh, bar the odd uh, exception, uh, so sort of when we played Peterborough and Hull, um, you'll see that a lot of our wins are one nil or you know two nil. Um, 
and um, so we don't concede many, but we're not we're equally we're not quite yet playing the flowing football um, that you might expect. But um, our, we've had a, a to me an unprecedented number of injuries this this season. I'd, I can't remember a season when we've had quite as many. Um, we've had I think we've had about nine or ten centre back pairings, and they're not these aren't players out for a game or two. These are players out who are, who are out for three, four months. So we had CJ Hamilton, who is electric on the right, who who got injured sort of toward, just before Christmas time. He, he had a he made a cameo appearance about, about a month ago, and then he's now out for the rest of the season. Didn't look himself, to be fair. But we've got we've got Gary Medine, who's a proven goal scorer at this at this level and above. Um, he's been out since end of January, beginning of February, and I don't think we're going to see him again this season. Um, we've had other players like Keshi Anderson, they're out for the season. Uh, our attacking midfielders out for the season. So we, we've Critchley's had to cope, not just with getting getting used to managing a League One side, but he's he's also had to shuffle his pack so often. And and we're having to, and Jerry Yates must be running on um, on empty because uh, he's uh, he's virtually played every minute of every single game this season and. Um, uh, and he's he, he can look a little bit jet, you know. He had a purple patch a few weeks ago, but he's looked a, perhaps a little bit jaded compared with with the way he has been. And uh, again, it's because this the ability to rotate just hasn't been there. Hmm. I was going to come on to Jerry Yates actually. Um, so obviously, we've seen him at Swindon last season when he's on loan, scoring plenty of goals. You sign him, he's carried that on. He's got twenty this season. Um, but he hasn't scored in his last six, which immediately says to me, and Charles probably knows where I'm going Don't with this. Do that. <laughs> Don't do it. If, if a player's not scored in a long time and he suddenly comes up against us, we know exactly what's going to happen. So it uh, might, might be worth sticking a bet for a hat trick on, on Jerry Yates at the weekend. Yeah, he, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's been our talisman this year as, as Jerry. He's, um, he's led the line very well. He works extremely hard. Um, uh, and uh, you know, does a lot of closing down, and and he acts as the um, the focal point up front. Um, but he's 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 he's, he's, he's he does have games where he struggles, and most certainly the last few games he struggled to create openings for himself. I mean, he you know, he, and he's capable of doing that. I mean, as we saw, I think when we played you earlier on in the season, and um, towards the end of the game when we were only one nil up, and um, he basically was fed the ball by Maxwell, a superb throw and um, ran the full length of the pitch and, and oh, yeah. danced around about four of your defenders, didn't he? Before <laughs> yeah, he, he and the, and the keeper before scoring. And, and he's got that in him. He's, he's, and he's most, for, for us, I think, you know, he's, he's championship quality. Um, but um, too often he's, he's, he's having to compromise. He had a, he was starting to get a good partnership with Medine and then Medine's been out. Um, and uh, we've, we've had a chap on loan from, um, Everton, a young lad, Elliot Sims, who's um, who's done um, reasonably well, but he's still learning. And um, uh, I think I think Yates needs personally. I think he needs a a, a, a stronger and a more experienced partner up front with him. And, uh, and I think he would he will flourish more in that type of style than 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 we do at the moment. But we've been sort of banging on Blackpool because we've, we've been when Medine was fit, we were playing a four four two, which is a bit prehistoric but it, it it when we were in a rut it managed it, it brought us out of a rut and and the two were playing together and it was really playing to their strengths but now we've got Yates we've already got Yates we we want a more fluid system and actually uh Critch changed it 
for the first time in quite a few weeks on uh, last night, and uh, and it worked a treat, uh, and we looked a lot um, a lot more comfortable on the ball, and a lot more composed than we had been doing in the previous two or three games where we have a lot of possession, but but there's no penetration. It's uh, a lot of sideways passing at the back, and and if a team presses us, particularly our midfield, when we were only in a four four two. Um, it, it, it led to a, a lack of opportunities and we ended up just going long and then that's just played into the opposition's hands. So um, we, we've, we've put extra bodies in midfield and it, and it and instantaneously it, had the, it seems to have had a positive effect uh, on the way we were playing. And to be fair, I don't know why we changed from it because we were playing like that when we were beating teams like Hull and teams like Peterborough. And um, for me, we should have stuck with that rather than reverting to this four four two that really is... I think we're a bit, we should be a bit, but with the players we've got, we should be playing a better style of football than a 4-4-2, really. So while we're on players, Tim, um, there's, a, there's a couple of things. So, so the first thing is a fun thing, and the second thing is a serious thing. We'll go with the fun first. Um, I always like to go on to um, the opposition's websites and then go on their team page and have a look at the photos. And, and, and so far... Out of all the teams that we've played, the the team that has the best set of photographs is still Lincoln City, basically because all their players are seemingly having fun at their photo shoot, and they've got some snazzy graphics as opposed to say, just you, the normal. You you love the font on that one, didn't you? I think I love the font. Love Absolutely love font. the font. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blackpool have gone with um, well, like us, really the the generic kind of school photo front on. Uh, team photographs. Um, a couple of players, though, are showing their personalities. Um, I particularly like uh, Kevin Stewart, who doesn't look like a footballer at all. He looks like he's just <laughs> turned up for a day in the office wearing his Blackpool shirt. It's lovely. I, I, I enjoy that. I'm sure he is a very talented footballer. Did he used to play for Liverpool. My, yeah, he was. A, I, I think he was. A, he was a mate weight in um, in a deal. Was it the one that took Robert? Was it Robertson? To Liverpool, um, but he was valued at eight million when he joined Hull. Um, and, he, and I suspect the reason his photographs different is he's only just joined us in the January transfer window, so um, it's likely as a result of the fact the photos not done at the same time, done a little bit later. Um, yeah, I'll yeah. have to have a look though and see. I'll, uh, I've not had a look <laughs> at those photographs. So. The other one that I love, I absolutely love this for two reasons. First of all, it's, uh, in fact, we'll go with three reasons. Uh, I love his smile. <laughs> I love his hair. And I love his name. It's number 12, Kenneth Dougal. Yes. Uh, I mean, he just looks like he loves his life. And that's the kind of player that I want to see more in football. Somebody that is just happy. I mean, he's got a beaming smile on him in that team photo. He looks like he loves it. He's, uh, he's straight off Bondi Beach. I think yeah. he's, um, he's he's a surfer dude. <laughs> From Bondi to Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything more than that. I'm sorry, Tim. I apologize. He's had, a, he's had quite an unusual career, really, because he's, he's, he's sort of half Scottish, half Australian. Uh, and um, he, he, he his formative years were spent in the Dutch League, uh, and then he came over and he played at Barnsley. I think did quite well at Barnsley. He was, I think, it was in the team that came up from Div One into the Championship a couple of seasons ago. And then he got quite badly injured, and he sort of 
got left behind as a result. So he's one of my favourite players. I mean, he was one of the ones they brought in that completely changed, you know, from the day Dougal um, uh, uh, was uh, playing on the pitch. All of it, straight away, you can see that's the, the turning point in our season. Uh, him and Ballard in particular were the first two who sort of really um, changed the way our approach and the way we played and helped us cut out the mistakes and... Um, so uh, we've got we've all got a lot of time for for Kenny. Is uh, is is a what is what is what you'd call the the water carrier in the team. You know, is the one who breaks play up um, and and plays the easy pass and and then lets um, lets that those with um, gold dust in the in the boots um, do the business. And uh, but he does it very very effectively. Lovely. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the serious side of things now. Um, at the game on Tuesday night or after it. Um, Grant Ward received uh, what can only be described as abhorrent and just cowardly um, abuse on his or through his Instagram account. Um, Now, Blackpool have come out and have immediately said that they are appalled and that they stand with Ward. Um, And they have just basically said that, you know, we will continue to collectively take a stand in the fight against racism and online hatred. Enough is enough. And I mean, that points us to this weekend, doesn't it, Danny, where all of the football league clubs, Premier League clubs, WSL clubs, uh, I think pretty much every football club in the United Kingdom are going to be doing a blanket social media silence. Plus there's more... Uh, different types of organisations joining them as well, including us. We won't be uh, doing anything on social media from Friday. So from today, as you're listening, as this podcast comes out from three o'clock all the way through until Monday. Um, Tim, you're probably better placed to sort of just comment on what happened um, with Grant Ward and any opinion that you've got on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, as a starting point, um, just to prefix this, Grant Ward probably had his best game in a in a Blackpool shirt um, last night. Um, he was. Uh, we always, you've probably seen, we score our our players out of ten, and we, we try and be realistic. Um, uh, but he got a ten um, along with Maxwell last night because he was um, uh, a cut above. Uh, any, anybody outfield player on the pitch yesterday, and um, I don't actually go on Instagram normally, um, but um, it's not one of the media platforms I use. But um, after the game, he's he's put a, a tweet out there. Sorry, a tweet, um, uh, the, the equivalent, um, uh, re- you know, referencing the result and how well the lads have played. And uh, I'm not going to repeat what was said, but there was a highly offensive two word response from some faceless uh, racist um, uh, that's just got no place. Never mind in football, in in decent society, as far as I'm concerned. It was shocking. And um, uh, these these platforms have got to get to grips with this and and sort it out because we can't be having this in this day and age. You know, we've, we've, you know, we've obviously... Um, since everything's been going on in America and, and the imp- and, and the knock-on impact that that's had in this country and and you know how the players have spent this season um, 
with 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 the gesture they make before every game to try and sort of indicate their views on matters and and that this this type of abhorrent behaviour has got to stop. And then you have some lunatic, for whatever reason. I, I mean, we don't know whether it was a Sunderland fan or not. I mean, you would suspect it might be. Bearing in mind, um, it was immediately after the game, but it, equally, it just could have been some. Um, faceless person who trolls people we don't know but these organizations have got to get to grips with this and they've got to work out a way in which they can uh, they can contain this stuff and i think we need some people to be sent to prison is is putting it bluntly for doing this type of thing um to to really sort of put the marker down as to how it's going to be treated by society and and i think the you know it needs to be it needs to be taken seriously both by those organisations and by the authorities. Nobody should be getting a slap on the wrist for putting stuff like that out. It should be jail time and uh, and uh, and no exceptions. That's why. I, that's what I feel about it. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Let's turn our attentions then to the game on Saturday. Uh, we always ask for predictions um, before we finish. So, um, Danny, we'll, we'll start with you. Are we going to be able to take it to the last weekend of the season? Positive pod, <laughs> remember? So. Oh, man. Uh, it it doesn't look like there's going to be many goals in it for a start because uh, Blackpool don't score many. We don't score many up that often unless we have, unless we have one of our mad nights. Um, I can only be kind of try and be optimistic about it. But I, I don't know. I'm going to go 1-0. 1-0 Cobblers. Come on. Oh, I can't say anything. I can't. I can't say anything else. I was going to go nil nil, but and then because I think Wigan will probably lose their game to Hull. Hopefully, please, please lose the because you know you know it's probably likely to happen is we win and still go down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got to go. Let's go one nil Cobblers because um, I think if we score early, then we might shut up shop. And it sounds like Blackpool are not very good at attacking teams like that. So. One nil, first ten minutes, eighty minutes of back to the eighty well, eighty nine minutes of back to the walls. There'll be nine <laughs> minutes added time, no no doubt about it. Um back to the walls. <laughs> okay. You've you've completely pinched everything that I was going to say. Um <laughs> so for the sake of being different, I will go with I'll go with a two one cobbler's win. Pretty much exactly what Danny said, except we'll score twice and Blackpool will only score once. That's a terrible way of putting <laughs> it, but there you go. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, in regards to the other game that, that affects us, Hull are going to do us a proper solid and they're going to thrash Wigan 7 or 8 nil to completely devastate them and knock their confidence for six. So it'll be like an extra point that they'll be taking away from Wigan. Um, so that's my prediction. Tim, obviously I don't need a prediction of the whole City-Wigan game on, no. on Saturday. I do think Hull will win on Saturday. I think they've, they've got they've got some clear momentum now. I mean, I've got to say it's incredible. Uh, I, I remember when we were in the Premier League, um, a couple of te- Wigan was one of the teams who went on a mega run then that, that relegated us. 
Um, and um, and you look at what they they and Wimbledon have done, and it, it's it's unbelievable, really, isn't it? Um, when you see the the, the win ratios recently, um, I, I think you have got cause for optimism on on Saturday. Um, uh, Grant Ward, who we've just been speaking about, um, uh, has come off with I think it's a, a, a either an Achilles or a muscle injury. We're not too sure. And uh, Kai Kai scored the. Um, the wonder goal that beat Sunderland is is also doubtful. Um, I just I think I think our, if we if we stick with the system that we played on Tuesday and 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 play to our strengths, I think we should win. Uh, and bear in mind, obviously, it's quite important to us as well because we're not, we're by we're not uh, home and dry by any stretch of the imagination in relation to securing a playoff place yet. So. Um, I'm going to predict. I'm going to have to go with Blackpool, aren't I? I do think there's a good. I don't think it'd be two one. I think if it, if you win, it'd be one nil. Um, but I, I think we might win two nil on on Saturday. I think um, hopefully we've turned the corner from Shrewsbury and from Rochdale. And um, I'm just I'm hoping that if we do get in the playoffs, if nothing else, I get to see one game of football this season because, <laughs> of course, the playoffs have been scheduled to take place when the stadiums can open again. So there seems to be a good chance of. Was actually getting in to see a game, so I'm, which I'm desperate to do. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to predict a two nil win. Okay, thank you very much, Tim. It's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Um, good luck in the playoffs. Uh, I'm sure you're going to get there. Go and do my prediction proud and win promotion for me. Uh, we'll do our it best. Be... <laughs> it's one of those where normally I would say, oh, it'd be lovely to see you next year. But uh, no, go and get promotion. I, I quite like Blackpool. Uh, and uh, one of my best jolly good friends uh, is a Blackpool fan as well. And many times I went to watch uh, Blackpool games with him when you were on your rise up into the Premier League. So... Who knows? Go and do it again. It was good fun last time. I'm not sure he's going to like your reduction from best to jolly good friend there, Charles. I'm not going to edit. Johnny knows full well the kind of uh, man I believe him to be. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Daddy, for being here. Um, we will see you all next week on Tuesday when the pod is out. And, and just as a reminder at the end, This will be the last you'll actually hear of us all weekend. We will not be on social media. We will be um, supporting uh, everything that Northampton Town, Blackpool, every other EFL and Premier League and even some Super League clubs are taking part in. Um, Let's get rid of this absolute nonsense that is just uh, ruining our society at the moment. Thank you very much for listening. Come on, the cobblers. We'll see you on Tuesday. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, 
hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.